0: A choice that you make. You go to the party. Go to the party and enjoy the party. Like, don't go to a party and have a bad party because you're worrying about eating the pizza. Go to the party knowing that you're making those choices and that all day you reduced your calorie intake in preparation for the party. And the next day, having had the party, you're going to go on a really long walk or you're going to go and do. The good things so that you can go wow I had a great party and then I had a beautiful next day yep. because I went to the gym yep. and I did the things that busy, I needed yeah. to do and yep. I kept busy and I had a really good time so there's a lot to do with communication and how we communicate with our patients and how we get them on board hello and welcome mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths nutritionists herbalists and practitioners this podcast responds directly to your needs, the needs of the practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business, and something clinical each week, you'll get the variety you need and enjoy to stay motivated in practice. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast. Another exciting episode because I have the amazing and wonderful Andrew Whitfield Cook here again. So he's been on the show before. He's been on the show twice before, in fact, Um, once in January, once in February. Now here we are in March. And I've managed to get him back again. I'm very, very lucky indeed. And today we're going to be talking about communication and how we communicate with our clients. Because Andrew, as an ex nurse and the practitioner and a rep and a podcast host, is of course all about communication. He's all about making sure that when we talk to our clients and our customers, whoever it might be, they need to know about or they need to do things for themselves. Mm. You're not doing it for us, not doing it for anyone else. So Andrew, thank you so much for coming on the show and talk, talking with us about communication with our clients.
1: Yeah, well it's a big issue, isn't it? And uh, like I bring it back to patient advocacy. Um, in, as, in my role, in my previous role as a registered nurse. I, I still maintain my registration, but it's really only for education purposes. There's no way I'd put myself in front of a patient now in a hospital setting. I wouldn't know what to do. But um, um, it, it, like, to me, it's all about advocacy and you have to instigate a contract of change for the patient. Yep. They've got to want that change. And oftentimes people, you know, come to see you with, oh, what will they do? You know, what can they give me? But they don't really understand that the only way that they're going to change the outcome is by changing their foundations, right back to their foundations in some instances of what they've been doing previously.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And getting them, because to change a habit takes a year. To change a habit is a really long time. It's not something that happens overnight. I mean, when we talk to our clients, you know, time framing for them is super important. So when you have a a woman's health, you know, you're talking about periods with them. Um, We need to say to them, you need three amazing periods. You need three periods the way you want them to have before we can start slowing down treatment. Well, that's what I say anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I also caveat with that. But also we have to have a good month before that three months to know it's a good month. Yeah. And then you're wanting a month post that to know that it really has worked because the body takes three months to learn a new behavior. So our body takes three months to unlearn pain, discomfort, whatever it is that's going with your bad period or to organize dates for your period if it needs to be longer. But with the mind and habits, you know, we can give up sugar, but it takes us a long time to to deny ourselves and it's not even denying yourself to realize you don't need the cake.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: You know, you've given up sugar and for a lot, it's like giving up cigarettes, giving up anything, giving up alcohol. There's a long period of, I really want it, I really want it, but I can't have it. No, I'll go and, um, you know, jump on a trampoline. I'll go and drink water. I will go and do something else. Yeah. And then there comes a point where it's actually, I don't care and I don't need that anymore. And we have to reach that point. And then we have to stay with that point and go beyond it.
1: But even before that, mm-hmm. you've got to get the patient to, into a frame of mind where they actually yeah. want to embrace that change. Yeah, Because without wow. that willingness to even start, even embark Absolutely. on a change, yeah. they have to want something greater than what they've previously been doing. So mm-hmm. there's got to be this... Um you know, a carrot dangling a carrot, yeah. basically. Yeah. Saying to them, um, what is it? It's really sort of feeding the dream of what yeah. life can be like
0: absolutely, in the
1: future. Um
0: absolutely. and, and I know
1: way. this is I know this is a very poor analogy, right? <laughs> but it's kind of like this, sort of, <laughs> and that is. Um, Lise Altler, a woman who I just love dearly. She's got one of the most positive minds who espouses gratefulness and gratitude Mm -hmm. in her patients. And she'd say, when patients say, I'm scared of dying, she would counter that and flip it by saying, well, isn't that because you love life so much? So how about we work on, Loving life and what you can yeah. gain from the future, yeah, and that's how she changes that mindset from a, a negative, scared, confrontational barrier. The, all of these stop words, yeah, to oh, what if, yeah, oh, a maybe, oh, yeah. I wish I, oh, I'd love that. So she paints the future Absolutely. into their minds of what that can potentially be.
0: Um, future-focused and solution-focused interviewing is, I mean, it's great, and it is the only way to do it. It's something you have to learn to do. It isn't something that we're taught. Um, In college, your appointment has to be an hour and a half because there's the 40 minutes with the client, then they go away and, you know, they might do a radiology or something like that, in which time you get to speak to your lecturer, you get to talk to your P2s, you get to go through the case. And then the lecturer comes in and talks to you and then you can call the patient back and say, this is what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. And in the real world, nobody really has an hour and a half these days. And they're they're not your friend or your friend's friend who's come to see you because that's often what happens in college. These aren't people who've made a conscious decision to pay you a quantity of money to set for you to set them on the right path and may they've got skin in the game because they've given you proper money to do these things and you don't know in college whether or not your client's gone and done things because you may or may not get to see them again because you only have 13 weeks in that semester so if they come back you'll find out if they've done it whereas when we're out in practice and we have these people and we want them to come back I mean, there's some financial ways of getting them to come back. You can sell packages so that they will come back because they've got another appointment lined up already. They've paid for it. So it's a great way of doing it. But when we converse with them, we have to get them to concept their own will to change.
1: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely.
0: We We have to change that mindset. We have to really think about how can I get this person on board for themselves, Um, How are they going to, and this is where this motivational interviewing, the, you know, the miracle question, this is where this solution focused motivational interviewing and saying things. Oh, I want to, you know, I feel like I'm gonna die. What about life? Reverse it, find out what their values are, find out what's going on in their mindset. It's Mm. huge. It's absolutely huge. I actually love that analogy with the, you know, just swap it over.
1: So there's also another line of questioning about asking the patient what their expectations of treatment are, um, and then you can gauge what is a real expectation mm. versus a miraculous expectation. <laughs> you know, um, for instance, I remember I can clearly remember this guy coming in asking me if saw palmetto would prevent him from getting would be 100% effective in preventing prostate cancer. And I said, no, magic shop is down the road. Yeah, I say, the best medicine in the world will not give you 100% effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've always got to gauge things by how reasonable is that expectation of success in yeah. that person as opposed to a population. Yep.
0: Um,
1: and then you can sort of tie that into the treatment expectations per population sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but I'm always reminded by a, a way which Dr. Andrew Heyman um, mm. always gauges his patient's willingness to change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, um, he always says, how likely are you mm. to adhere to this? Yeah. How likely are you to take these supplements four times a day how likely are you to the and so he'd say give me a one to five gauge
0: yeah
1: on a scale of one to five how likely are you to walk half an hour for every day
0: yeah
1: and then he can gauge their response and he said a lot of his patients got really shitty yeah (laughs) And yeah. he said, he started to warn them and he said, oh, I'm going to piss you off <laughs> because, yeah. because um, I will ask this yeah. time and time again because I need to know how your willingness to change is moving throughout yeah. our therapy together, throughout our, our time together. Yeah. And it was a real interesting thing how you know, like you get your type A personalities that just want to be told what to do and they're on their way. And then you get people that are just quite scared and apprehensive of change of, you know, they don't really know it or what it's going to entail. They don't know you. They don't know necessarily how much to trust you. And so he would ask them these gauging questions to sort of try and get their response.
0: It's a great one because how likely am I to take a tablet well actually for me personally I'm very unlikely to take a tablet. So everyone um who's watched me or followed me knows that I have my mud drink every day because I can put every single thing in there. Sometimes it's got herbs in there. If it's a herbal I can down it. It's a liquid. I mean I can swallow tablets. I don't have an issue swallowing them. I just have an issue remembering yeah. to swallow them. And there might be something innately in me that says, you know, what is that? Are you going to rattle if you take that? What is that? And so we have to ask our clients you know, what is the best form yeah. for you to take? Because some of oh, I actually don't want a powder,
1: yeah.
0: you know, um, whereas I've kind of got used to some, even some flavours of the powders I cannot take. Yeah. So I tend to mix them all together and put them in a lot of water to spread out all that sweetness. But the um if we ask them, what form do you like? You know, if they say, oh, I won't take herbs. You know, there are people who say, I just won't take herbs. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But it will be around three to four different bottles of tablets to cover the one Mm. herbal tincture that I'd expect you to take around three or four mils of three times a day initially. And then we could actually go maybe five mils twice a day um, if you prefer. So, you know, up to you, I don't mind. We can do either way. And the other thing I always say to them is this isn't a dictatorship. You can choose what you want to take and what you want to do. I just need to know. So that I can tailor it to suit your lifestyle. Is and, this something else?
1: Yeah, yeah, and you can gauge their their ex, or you can change their expectation of results. Mm. Um, because, it, like for instance, if somebody's only willing to take, you know, one supplement, mm. um, a you can say, okay, are you expecting this to be the magic supplement? Mm. So maybe their expectations of outcome have to be tam- tempered somewhat. Um, or indeed, you might have to say, you might have that horrible decision to make and just say, look, I'm really sorry, I can't help you. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not ready to change. You're not yeah. willing to, to do the, the things that will change you from the track that you're on. Yeah. But what I would suggest is maybe I can refer you on to a more appropriate practitioner.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and, and you know, in some cases that may be they're not going to take natural medicine and they need a drug. Yeah. That's it, and and yeah. the 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 um, the outcome of that therapy will be what that drug will give them. So, yeah. for instance, if they're only going to take a certain anti-diabetic medication, um, you know there are, there are risks inherent with some of these medications. So they might give you a better quality of life in the meantime, but they actually might shorten your life, or they yes. actually might do something else to you in the long yeah. run.
0: Absolutely. That's
1: their choice.
0: Yeah. Whenever I'm prescribing, I'm always prescribing diet because diet is a prescription. You know, the lifestyle changes, habit changes are part of the prescription. Yeah. But we have to remember using the word prescription makes it, although we're using it in our head as a, this is the prescription and this is what Mm -hmm. I need you to do. They may take that on as a definitive, I have to do this. So when we ask them, you know, what exercise do you do? And they say, oh, yeah, I go to the gym. I'm never going to get anyone to do F45. I'll just put that out there first. But if I were an F45 advocate, I might turn around and go, well, I'd like you to start doing F45. Whereas in actual fact, they're going to the gym to have a coffee because, I mean, we've got a gym by us. It's absolutely ah. it's got a swimming pool, spa pool, beautiful cafe, and there's a big fire pit in the middle of the cafe, all the rest of it. So, you know, and there were definitely ladies there who went for a couple of whacks of tennis and then for coffee and to time. say
1: they've been for the gym, to the gym. And
0: then they've been to the gym. Oh, so, crazy. you know, what is the expectation? I go to the gym, right? What is it you do at the gym? What do you enjoy at the gym? Mm. What can, you know, what is your best part of going to the gym? Are there any negatives about going to the gym? What's holding you back from going? So we can find out and we can tailor to what they need. I mean, that is the individual prescription and that's what we do. We're so individualized for everyone, but I will always send people away. If I think someone's not on for it, like I I don't think that they're going to get, they haven't got skin in the game. Maybe somebody else booked the appointment and I didn't realize because I will not take, I will not accept people who someone else books the appointment, but every so often one will slip through the net where the wife books her husband in or whatever and they've got no skin in the game. And so, all literally, all I prescribe them at that first appointment is diet change and exercise. Because yeah. if you can't do that, you know, and I do it with them, you know, what can you do? How likely are you to take this? How can you implement this? Do you think you'll be able to implement this? What would you do and how will you do it to implement that? Yeah. What times would you implement that? So, I've gone through and I've double checked with them. And then at the follow up, They will cancel because they don't want to eat pepitas for the zinc. (laughs) They don't want to do the things they do want to do them. Yeah, somewhere inside them they want to do them. They're just not ready yet.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. And and there's a very good point there about the yet because Mm. I think particularly with weight loss and there was a picture evolving um, forming in my brain when you were talking about the gym. Um, So to say the word yet especially with things like weight management there is a weight loss cycle where people you know poke at it with a stick and then they retract and then they don't do anything then they might investigate ways again and they might take it for a little bit and then they'll fall off the wagon and then they might make a concerted effort and it sort of goes round and then they might you know lose a lot of weight reach a plateau um you know get all dismayed about their results, and then they might fall off the wagon, and then they might restart that cycle. So there's a whole weight loss cycle. Um, And the the best way to prevent people from returning to your clinic is to judge them. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So you you have to say, when you fall off the wagon, because it will happen, don't worry about it. Yeah. Just know that I'm here and we can re- get, we can just regain that we can get um get back on the wagon you know get back on the wheel when you're ready and if you're ready it's okay. Yeah. Um and I was reminded when you were talking about the gym I remember when this is obviously years ago now uh <laughs> when I was going to the gym regularly and um and um you know there was a a, a rather overweight young woman and she was and she was there with her parents. She was very disinterested and, you know, typical teenager sort of attitude. Forgive that (laughs) generalisation. My apologies to many of the teenagers out there that are otherwise engaged. Um, But she was really, she seemed really disinterested and negative about the gym instructor showing them how to do the various exercises. And yet through subsequent visits, it was this teenager that was actually taking the lead and the parents that were dropping off.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. So she actually had found her reason for change. Yeah. But can I ask you, Geraldine, how do you get patients to enter into a contract to say, I'm going to do this for you if you'll do that for me?
0: Well, goal setting is huge. So if we've got the goal setting, because most people, In my intake form, so I have your basic intake form. You know, if you suffered from epilepsy, how old are you? How many kids have you had? All of those things, the basic intake form. But at the bottom of it, I used to ask what question, I think it's still there. What questions do you have for me? Mm -hmm. Right? So I've set my expectations already. And what are your goals for seeing me? Now, the goals for seeing you are never something like, I want to cure my PCOS. They'd never say that. They actually have already said they have PCOS, but what they say at the bottom is, I want to get rid of my acne. Yeah. Okay. Um, But then the third one, because I asked for three goals, more often than not, the first two are symptom related. And the last one is something really nebulous. Be healthy. Okay. So when we've got a longer term one like acne or weight loss because they're longer term, we need to make sure in that first appointment that they understand that this is a long term commitment. And so I've developed those timeframes with them. So I'll say in the first appointment. Uh, or even before I see them, if they ring me and want a discovery call first, I'll say, I need to see you at least twice, if not three times fortnightly, and then we'll be able to spread it out beyond there. But it's going to take us time because it's taken you however long it's taken you to get to where you are now. You've had, you know, acne and PCOS and all of these things for 10 years. So it's going to take us time to deal with this and we're going to have changes and we're going to need to assess those changes on an ongoing basis. So they're already prepped, they're already prepped that they're going to have to come and see me on a regular basis. And then when I'm in the appointment, I'm always saying things like when I see you next at our next appointment, we will. So I'm prepping them. These are, so I've got their goals and I've sat there with their goals. I've developed their goals with them, which are specific. So we've used the um, goal setting standard, you know, they're specific, um, attainable, all of those things. So instead so of saying I want to lose weight, it's I want to lose 40 kilos before December at my daughter's wedding. Okay. So we have our goal. We have a date, but at the end of that, so I will write out that goal for when it is. Mm. And then I will say using you know, with the support of Geraldine and her programs. So they have a goal. They, have, If without a goal, we really don't change anything. We really don't achieve anything. That's exactly right. So sometimes teasing out that goal can be hard. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes there is no wedding or something to fit into a particular dress for, but there are goals, other goals that we can search for. And those goals are, well, what do you enjoy in life? Before you got to this weight, what did you enjoy the most? Oh, I really enjoyed going to the basketball game, but now I feel really conscious sitting in the stands because I'm so big and everybody else is slim and fit and happy. There's our goal. When's the next basketball season? We've found a goal by Mm. talking to them and finding out what they like. Mm. So we're going. It's always that positive mindset thing. Find the good stuff and use the good stuff.
1: Yeah, gravitate to what you want, not what you don't want. That's don't right. try and run that. away from what you don't want. Try and run towards what you want.
0: Perfect. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. We're going for that positive mindset. I used to really like going to the beach, but I don't go now because I look terrible in a bikini. Well, love, I look terrible in a bikini too, and I'm never going to be out again in a bikini. But in actual fact, that's body image and self. And I'll wear a bikini because I want the sun on my tummy as well. And what about we work towards wearing that bikini with a wrap to start with? You know,
1: that's with, that's what I wear. Oh, dang.
0: <laughs> or just go on holiday to Europe. Just go to a nude beach in Europe. Just go anywhere. Go to Ibiza or anywhere in Spain. Nobody knows. Go you. to the beach, and you'll suddenly understand about body positivity, and right. you will learn very quickly that it's actually okay to be who you are and how you are. Yeah, but you do want to lose weight for your health. <laughs> that's so. Awesome. But we find a reason. We have to have that goal. And once we have that goal and then we've explained to them how we're going to see them, when we're going to see them, that is what is going to help us for them to attain the goal, for them to be on board. Hmm. They have to be on board. Without them being on board, forget it. There's no chance of doing anything. Um,
1: There was something else coming to mind, and that was what about um, when... It's it, forgive me. What about the therapeutic action mm. of not taking supplements? For instance, yeah. um, how many times have we heard, let's say, a migraineur mm. uh, or somebody who suffers headaches? Right, so they they suffer from headaches, you put them on let's say Fever Few cocu, Tin, let's be really simple, yep. Um, and over a period of time, they say it's not working. Mm. And then two things. One, you can refer to your notes and say, well, hang on, how many headaches are you getting per day or per week? And they'll give you a number. And you can say, well, hang on, at the, at the very outset, mm. you said that at that point you were experiencing 10 or 12. Yep. So we have actually decreased. But what I want to do is to stop your therapy. And it's sometimes one of the most telling things about how effective a therapy is when they stop it and they go, holy crap, (laughs) 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 I'm getting back on that glucosamine or I'm getting back on that, you know, CoQ10 and feverfew. Headaches is one of the quickest ones. You know, magnesium feverfew and CoQ10. It works so quickly with with migraines and things like that. Um, Yeah. And that it's only when they stop that they realize how much how how much benefit they were getting from the therapy. Yeah. Um, the other part of that, of course, is that dietary, it, it, the insidious sneaking in of old habits from yeah. dietary incursions, like for instance, yeah. biologically active amines. Yeah. And you can see and it's okay, well, let's investigate this. Yeah. So there, there's certain ways in which you can um, keep people on track by actually withholding or withdrawing therapy at yep. some point down the track. Absolutely. Like, the um,
0: really good note-keeping, of course, without withdrawing absolutely. therapy, if you don't want to, is going back to being going, well, when I first saw you, you were having 20 headaches a day. Yeah. Now we're down to three. Can you see the changes? Where, where are those changes in your life? Because mm. we forget how unwell we were in the beginning. So there's a lot about communication that we don't learn, we're not taught. I don't know about you, but in nursing college, when I learned, one of my first lectures was how to get the doctor to um, write up something or do something for you that you needed. It was literally a lecture, right? The lecture also included um, how to get over a hangover the next morning because we were student nurses, but, you know, but it was a very practical lecture and, knowing how to do these things i mean i did a coaching course years ago not because i wanted to be a coach well i sort of did but at the same time i was like well how come they're all getting these results they're claiming to get i'm seeing people for three appointments i am getting change i'm totally getting change but they're not coming back to see me i'm not getting the lifestyle change that these people need i'm getting them over the headaches the headaches have gone but i'm not getting the change in the lifestyle that i want to see and so that's why i did a coaching course and of course. It teaches you how to use language. But then, of course, I had yet another modality. Here I've got another modality again. Do I need yet another modality? No. What I need to learn is how to speak to people within my own um, modality of you naturopathy know, and nutrition yeah. to get them on board in themselves, not to get them on board with me, but in themselves to do the work they have to do. I can hand them all the supplements in the world, but I can't get them to take them. I can't get them to change their diet. They have to come around to that. And that is, I mean, I have a coaching course to coach people so that they can learn these skills to get people to develop within themselves. Oh yeah, there's my goal. That's what I'm trying to achieve. And I'm doing that with Geraldine. And I'm going back. My Weight Loss Thursday was one of my s- most successful programs. I'm not doing it now, um, at, but that's times, you know, time and all the rest of it. And I'm not seeing weight loss people at the moment, but Weight Loss Thursday. It was I said, Weight Loss Thursday. I developed a program. I would see them once a month and for a weigh-in, but we'd be in contact every week. Mm. And these people, they, they plateaued. And then they, I would get the message once, week. oh, yeah, we went to a party last night, so I just stopped and now I'm eating again. And so then they had the support. But there I was, right there on the end of the text was part of the program that they, oh, yeah, and so they'd start again,
1: mm.
0: you know, and it's all about that communication and forms of communication and learning to communicate with them so that they are the ones who are doing what they need to do for them
1: yeah. because
0: you can't Would, do it for them.
1: Wouldn't it be great with regards to weight loss if we could change the mindset about rather than, oh, I've slipped off the wagon, I've failed, yes. rather than saying that, wouldn't it be great if we could say, well, that's fantastic yes. because we know from experience that the more times you actually have at trying to lose weight, in the end, you're going to be successful. For instance, I gave up smoking around about six times before at 11.58 on the 30th of September 1988, I gave up smoking for the last time yeah. because of gold setting. But it, I had to do that. Like at one time, I'd given up for six months. You would have thought I would have kicked the habit, but no. So I went back and it was only at that stage, 1988, 11.58 at night that I actually gave up for the last time. Yeah. Goodness, um, but, <laughs> um, but, you know, isn't it, wouldn't it be great if we could change that negative feeling to I fail? Well, yep. oh, that's fantastic. It's like an, a Thomas Edison moment about you've just discovered another way not to, you know, how not to make a light globe. Yeah. We, we now know it's fine. You know what, what your triggers are for, um, you know, falling off the wagon you know yeah. you know that it might be parties you know there might be things so next time maybe you know you could institute taking along some carrots or your own dip or something like that rather than a pizza or maybe even preparing for uh you know having a a, a pizza by yeah. preloading with a fiber that binds to a lot of that fat yeah. so that it's not so bad in quotation marks now yeah. it's still bad but yeah. it's not so bad it will slow down the absorption
0: yeah, you know, that and I sort talk, of
1: mentality. Yeah.
0: And I talk a lot about choices because it's a choice that you make. You go yeah, to the yeah. party, go to the party and enjoy the party. Yeah, like, yeah. don't go to a party and have a bad party because you're worrying about eating the pizza. Go to the party knowing that you're making those choices, and that all day you reduced your calorie and taken in preparation for the party. And the next day, having had the party, you're going to go on a really long walk, or you're going to go and do. The good things, so that you can go. Wow! I had a great party, and then I had a beautiful next day yeah. because I went to the gym yeah. and I did the and things that busy, I needed yeah. to do. And yeah. I kept busy, and I had a really good time. So there's a lot to do with communication and how we communicate with our patients and how we get them on board.
1: There was there was another point. Well, f- firstly, sorry to recap. <laughs> I couldn't, I can't let this one go. I, okay. I just, um, in psychiatric nursing, there's a thing called drug holidays. And right. it's got to do with do you need as much of that medication which was mm. holding you? Are you able to reduce or even stop that? Yep. Let's say an antipsychotic medication or something like that. Or can we change you on to a less strong one, something yeah. like that? Yep. It is not take lots of drugs and go on a holiday. Yeah. It is not that, <laughs> but but there is, there is premise for trying to reduce the the reliance on supplements once somebody reaches yes. a goal. And maybe that can be part of their goal setting. Yeah, so wouldn't it mean? be great when we're able to get you off this stuff and get you onto a maintenance dose?
0: Yeah. The
1: other point I was going to make is about the type and amount of language or the complexity of language that we use. Mm. For instance, we all go to seminars and we talk about, you know, cytokine and T helper cells and mm-hmm. CD4, CD8, and then yeah. we talk about the inflammasome and mm-hmm. NF kappa B and all this. Mm-hmm. The bricklayer doesn't care yeah. nor know about that sort of vernacular. Nor they don't. They don't want to know. They want to know is what you're going to give me going to make me feel better. So mm-hmm. we've got to take the complex language that we learned. And make that into a very simple language that they can understand.
0: Absolutely. Here's an
1: example. I had a doctor um, who I was quite friendly with and he said, I've got to get a, oh, that's right. He said, I'm so thankful for this book that you had, um, a booklet, an explanatory patient booklet, because I can still remember me talking to my patients about leaky gut. Yep. About intestinal hyperpermeability. Yep. And he not on one occasion had patients coming back complaining because they had left his office, gone back to explain to his their family mm. what the doctor had told was had said was wrong with him. Yep. And more than one patient had gone back and relayed to their significant other. The doctor said that I've got holes in my gut.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: So, so you see how the vernacular changes because they're not used to zonulin and hyper hyperpermeability and things like yep. that. All they know is they've got holes in their gut. Yep. So it's like it's like uh, you know what is it uh, Chinese whispers. Yeah. Um, So you have to be very simple with the vernacular that you use, and it's actually a complaint I have with many um, orthodox medical practitioners these days, not relaying complex and sometimes worrying diagnoses or or, um, pathology to patients in a simple way that they can give their significant other. Yeah. Um, you know, how often have we seen people saying, going home to their wife and saying, the doctor says, I've got lymphoma, which usually has a catastrophic mm. outcome. Whereas in actual fact, it was malt lymphoma, yeah. which is treated by antibiotics very successfully. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So. We all have something to learn about yep. simplifying that vernacular, and maybe giving handouts yep. that the patient can refer to later.
0: And it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. There's always something that comes up. I've been saying TGA always. to people forever, and then somebody finally said to me, "What does that stand for?" <laughs> and I'm just like, "Oh no! How many people have I said this to?" So on that note of TGA and me um, not, no- and my clients not knowing what that was, remembering that we need to sometimes simplify what we say and double check that our clients understand what Mm. we say. So it's all about communication. There's just so much. I mean, I've got a course coming up on it, but there is so much to learn in the realm of communication. So I'd just like to thank you so much. coming in again it's been absolutely brilliant having you as always so thank you for coming back to join us and of course um you you know listeners we'd like that five-star review if you wouldn't mind um just pop that one in there if you've stayed all the way to the end so thank you Andrew, and thank you listeners
1: it's always a blast Geraldine thanks so much for having me
0: thanks so much for joining me today don't forget to rate review